this is the Play No Games podcast. We the hardest working podcast in Portland, Oregon, man. Play no games. Play no games. <laughs> podcast slash show, and we're back again, man. You know. Look at the, look at this side. Look at this side. You know, yeah, we play no games and absolutely not. And I just want to say this: we're the most travelers podcast. Man, we pull up on you everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> um, you know, at your baby mom's house, you know, grandma house, at the funeral, uh, uh at the hockey game, uh oh, football game, oh, <laughs> at the ballot drop, uh oh, we there. At the baby shower. Ooh, what kind of gender reveal is it? <laughs> is it a boy or is it a girl? Man, or is it non-binary? It's not. We spin boys out. What you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm going to let the baby choose. <laughs> 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 the Play No Games podcast. And we're back here again. Um, and I'm going to actually defer to my big dog. Hey, but before I defer dog. to my big dog is, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I want to shout out to the fans. In the last like month, we've got a bump in like viewership. I love and, it. And like, I'm actually really proud of y'all. Hey man, we we appreciate our fans. Nothing but love, yeah. baby. Nothing but love around here, man. So the January streak of you know you guys seeing just me, Cos, and AJ. See, Cos is here. We're not lying to you. We didn't push the white man out. So he's back. Uh, Maybe he's, we did. Uh, he's not. He's he's a he's an important member of the group. Absolutely. But long story short, like, comment, subscribe. Let's keep running these things up. Uh, tell someone about it. Tell anyone that you can that really wants to uh, wants to focus on self growth, self improvement, relationship issues, talking about social issues because we're trying to put you to a higher vibration. Because at the end of the day, we want you to coexist and think differently. On a higher level. Mm. So without further ado, I would do this next piece, but you know, I'm gonna have to pass Uh-oh. it to the big homie to do it. Uh oh, here we go. So we got two of the very special, special folks. I've known them for man over a decade, and it's been crazy, man. This this growth and this process I've seen that they they've taken not only with their relationship, but everything that they do. This is two amazing people, Venetia and Tyler Monk, right here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy What's up with y'all, man? What's up? What's up? Hey man, just appreciate y'all coming through the crib, yes. man. Made it easy on us. Yeah. Thank with you. With all these kids. <laughs> Thank you. All oh, these yeah. kids. How many kids? Too many to count on one hand. <laughs> we two handed over hands. here, man. Yeah. But I mean, y'all do a lot. Y'all do a lot. Y'all got a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. And 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 kind of put the people on the world and let them know. Like, tap in with yourselves. Uh we actually do an intro segment and we do what is it? How we how does it go? Oh, Oh, we're very unscripted. Like we're we've got a lot of sh- we've we've put structure into the show. It's you both our very first like guest of the year. Yeah, and so actually, this is totally fine that we're gonna do this. You sure we should finish introducing them? Okay, and then we'll do that. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. So Tyler, Tyler, and Venetia, introduce yourselves to the people. Let them know who you are, what you do. Yeah. Kind of give them a background a little bit. Yeah, right on. Well, thanks for having us here on this podcast, man. This is super dope. Y'all are doing this. Uh, my name is Tyler Monk, founder and inspirational storyteller for the Underdog Mentality, father, brother, uncle, a lot of different things. 
you know, uh, you know, essentially trying to help people tap into the power of their potential so they can lean into their greatness. And a lot of that comes through keynote speaking, facilitation, training, and workshops. And uh, I wouldn't have been able to do any of that if it wasn't for this young lady sitting right next to me because she believed in me. And she saw something in, in, in me that I just wasn't tapping into yet. So she always kind of pushed the envelope. And uh, even though it be getting on my nerves sometimes, <laughs> I need the true, push. true relationship. Yes, yes. I need the push. Well, thank you, babe. That's great. Again, humble to be on here. Thank you guys so much. So I'm Venetia, and I am the wife of this amazing human next to me. I'm also the mother of eight children, four that we have together, and then four bonus babies from our sister that passed in 2020, and then my other sister who. Battles addiction. So we have two of her babies. Long story, but it it ended up being the greatest blessing that we could ever have. A mm -hmm. full house. Man. And it's they're, they're raising a herd out yeah. here. Yes. They're full raising a herd out here. Just to let y'all know they're raising a herd. We are so raising uh, a herd. <laughs> we are raising them. But all I, yeah. full, females and one son. Full basketball us. team. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. And ranging, right? From an adult, an early adult. She just turned 20, 19. 20. She just turned 20 down to a year old. And so he said a lot of females with one son. And I am so grateful for my son. But I'm also putting a plug in for his future wife or future partner. You're welcome. Because listen, I'm raised with all these girls. He's Let them know. to be the best. Let them know. Man. Just a heads up. He's nine. So we got some yeah, time. We got some time. <laughs> we got some time. A little premature. Time. Yes. We got some time. But I've always put that plug. I'm like, listen, he's about to be the most amazing man. Right? Oh, I mean, he has you as a father, but he's around women. He's going to understand women in a different level. And I also work full time as a portfolio manager for a real estate firm. Um, I've been with this company for 15 years, started in the entry level position and now work in the corporate um, field. So it's been great. Mm -hmm. That's, That's us. Killing it. Man, two amazing people. Again, they out here raising a herd, y'all. Out here raising a herd. If you ain't heard, they raising a herd. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we have this early segment that we do in the beginning of our show and we talk about what we don't want to play no games with. And so I'm just gonna throw throw it to you first to ask you, and it could be anything. What you you do not want to play no games with, and you just kind of tap into that, whatever you want to see. It could be good, bad, positive, whatever. But you play no games with this. Mm. You first. Was it me first? Either one. Oh, okay, you first, guy. Okay. Play no games. Um, I don't play no games about communication. Mm, interesting. Deep. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Let us that, know. you know some folks are gifted uh, in the ability. Um, in like maybe mathematics, right, or computer engineering, they're good at that. I think one of my gifts that I've been given and I've worked at and crafted is communication. So I don't play no games when it comes to communication. Mm. I get really frustrated when people don't communicate. I don't understand it. Um, I think that uh, all relationships are enhanced and are made better when folks just can communicate, whether that be transparently, what folks are feeling at those times. Uh, we just need more communication. So I, I just, yeah, I. I I don't have a lot of patience for people. That don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I, don't, I hear it. Make any sense I hear it. Yes, I yes. hear it. So yeah. Next, who we got? What you want? What you don't want to play no games with, or do you want to tap into that and continue that conversation? Yeah, no, I, I love that, but I think, which is something that's probably so out of the ordinary. But one thing that I do know that I don't play games with is the victim mentality. Mm. I just don't understand mm. it. Okay. I don't understand <laughs> it. I'm coming Ooh. for it. And I'm, I will speak about it. I'll Ooh. be intentional about it. I will say it. Oh, here we because go. Because 
everybody has a choice. Mm. We're, we're all dealt some cards, but how you move forward with it is definitely all on you. There are mm. some things that you can't control, and that is absolutely okay. Yes. But to say that you don't have the resources or don't have the aptitude or don't have the drive to do something different is BS to me. Mm. Like it is absolutely BS. And I say that from experience. I don't say that because I'm just like, I was given, you know, all of this great things and just blessed. No, I say that because I know what it's like. Oldest of 11. Absolutely. To go through poverty, to go through everything that you can go through as a child to an adult. And still, I'm here today to tell you, us, loves, that... My loves, I always say top of the morning, my loves on my Instagram. Um, That's that's how I say it. There it Um, is. But yeah, I just, there's always a choice. You are the leader of yourself and you absolutely can make a difference in your life, but it's all, it's all you. Preach. Yeah. So I don't play games with that. Ooh, you look just at gonna one up me from the top. My bad. Look, they out here throwing <laughs> combos, <laughs> left and right hooks. Yeah. They beating us up right now. Uh-huh. They beating us up. Robert, yeah. what you don't want to play Thank no you. games with? Shit. <laughs> you got some friends. Women I'm talking to. You got some friends I should be talking to? Because <laughs> damn, uh, that mindset, you know, that, uh, you don't get that from being by yourself. That's like a pack mentality thing. Uh, that's a learned <laughs> behavior. But anywho, uh, you know, I was actually thinking about this um, because I'm going to go a little bit deeper once we get into, but you know what I don't want to play no games about? <sighs> I think for me, what I don't want to play no games about is uh, literally just shout out us because I feel like this year is going to be a very good year for us. Yes, and like, I think... I don't want to play your games about our process mm. because I'm seeing it more and more by the moment. And like, just like how we assembled and came in here, like I struggle with taking compliments. Cause I like, I'm always at the end goal where I'm like, all right, time for the speech. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. And then recognizing, actually, I do want to quote this one thing I did post on Instagram because I do this made me think about our podcast what things that I'm doing mm. but uh it goes by this guy by LA Russell okay. uh what do you call it let me pull it up really quick it goes it says cherish the people who saw you when you were invisible when you were invisible to everyone else mm. and I felt that and I posted it late at night mm. because just as much as I'm doing this for you know us for the people who are listening, where I like, there are a lot of people who feel like they're invisible. Mm-hmm. And us creating a show illuminates the people who think that, you know, they're too weird or they're too different. Where I'm like, nah, you just gotta you just gotta keep going a little further. So I just wanna play no games about our progress. Man, mm, speak on that progress, it. man. Mm-hmm. We coming. Twenty twenty two, man. Yes. It's crazy because it's a weird day. I think today's the twenty second. 23rd. Oh, don't do that two two. Don't do that two 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 shit. No, 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 no. No. I thought yesterday we were supposed to do the podcast. Remember I called yeah, you? Yeah, he called morning, me. Ready to cancel. I was like, hey, bro. Literally, my son got practice. I know it was difficult. He's like, no, you know, that's tomorrow. I said. Damn it, you right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I sat in the car to think about it. I said, wait, today is, is today Wednesday? <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> Look, my son came in and my dad, when he woke up this morning, he said, yesterday, he said, dad, what day is it? I said, it's Tuesday. He said, you sure? I said, yeah. He comes in and he says, 
Hey, Siri, what day is it? I said, boy, I just told you it's Tuesday. Why you got to confirm with Siri? (laughs) Siri, turn off. (laughs) Technology, man. I think that's what I want to play no games about, man. This this idea of technology, man, and where where it's taking our world to, right? Uh To where we have to second guess our own selves to our own mentalities, just to Mm. our own worth. Mm. Um, I think Mm. we take away from our own ability to read, to write. To speak because of mm. technology's advancement Ooh. in this uh, this age of like knowledge, right? We're always falling back on technology to reaffirm who we are when we're the ones who built the technology that we are reaffirming. Talk about it. So, you know, I play no games about this technology, man. Mm. Like, learn to use it, but don't don't use it to absorb yourself within it step mm. outside of it and and be yourself outside of it so that it can you can use it for your own purpose and i think part of what we do on here is to just express ourselves and who we meet and interact with and and uh it enhances the technology that we uh we give you so you that's why i don't want to play no games about the goddamn robots john shout out will and i robot the goddamn robots we was about to watch iRobot uh, tomorrow with my son, too. We yeah. just watched uh, I Am Legend. Loved it. Yeah. Amari uh, loved it. So, Robots great movies, classic. great people, great actors. Great, man. man, y'all killed it. That's that awesome. was Y'all was deep, man. That shit. Can I start over? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just play it. I'll play it. No, some of our We Play No Games about, like, last week we were talking about houselessness. Like, it's literally just, like, what's on your mind? Yeah. Like, literally. And yeah, I just felt it. that because I was just, you know, I was looking at our numbers. I was like, damn. You know, yeah, people actually listening to us. <laughs> yes. People following yes. That's dope, man. Yes. Yeah. I love it. So, what platforms y'all on? Oh, uh, I forgot to say this at the beginning, but we know we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Anchor. We out there. Google Share. We're, we're out there. Okay. Oh, yeah. Super. Yep. Search us up. You'll find us, man. Play No mm-hmm. Games Podcast. You can follow us, man. Follow us, like us. Yes. And I think this is a perfect time for uh for us to segue to, you know, Monk Family. Okay. And I just want to pick on... One person, you know, you know, Tyler, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. you, know, yes. you know, we we right behind us, you know. If I look behind, we got, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the underdog mentality. Mm. Yeah. Man, man, man. Let us know. What is it? What yeah, is the underdog yeah. mentality? Speak man, on it. The underdog mentality, essentially, it's an unwavering belief in ourselves, mm. despite the situations, the circumstances, or the conditions that surround us. Mm. And like my wife was talking about, that victim mentality is a real thing. Especially growing up, you know, in inner city Portland, I think we all grew up in this in this area. I know my wife is from Guam, so she'll share a little bit about her perspective. But I think you get labeled underrepresented, underprivileged, you don't have resources, and then we absorb those beliefs. Mm. And then it kind of keeps us um kind of keeps us subdued in a into a state of mindset that we are kind of anticipating to not have things in our lives because mm. we always are underprivileged or underserved. So I just got tired of that mindset. I got tired of a, you know um, adopting that. So I said, listen, I'm in control of what I do, what I don't do, and how I respond to what happens mm. to me. So with the underdog mentality, what I what we do is we go in and we speak. Um, you know, I speak to young people. I speak to old people. I speak to people my age, a wide range of folks. It's it's tough because people ask me like, "Who's your demographic?" It's like really, I speak to everybody, mm. right? And sometimes when you have a business and people say, "Well, you got to have your niche," because if you're doing everything mm-hmm. for everybody, then it's going to be kind of watered down. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're a speaker and you feel that you've been able, you've been given a gift and you've crafted and worked at it, yeah, you should be able to do that, mm-hmm. right? 
And so, uh, you know, what, 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 we, what we attempt to do is really just help people tap into the power of their potential so they can lean into their greatness. And I just think folks don't realize their potential. And if you don't realize your potential, mm-hmm. then you don't understand the possibilities that you create. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you don't tap into those possibilities, then you'll never really identify what your true purpose is. Mm. And so at, from a young age, I knew I had great greatness within me, even though my circumstances might have said otherwise. And I knew I was going to do something special. I knew I wanted to do something that impacted people. I thought that I was going to be playing basketball in the league. You know, your boy, look, I'm dunking until I'm 45. You don't want to catch none of this smoke. Look, where the camera hey, right here? Talk, talk all the smoke. Please. Talk all the smoke. Until I'm 45. 37 right now, and I'm still doing windmills. Don't play with me. He play, plays no games. <laughs> plays no games. But, but um, I think what a lot of us do in what I wanted to do with the underdog mentality was, was, was make a shift. Um, I worked in the educational sector, nonprofit world for a, a majority of my career, and I felt like most people would just ask young folks questions about, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to do? And we should have asked, why do you want to do that? Mm. Who do you want to become? Because my whole identity, when I was growing up, was wrapped up in being an athlete. So when I had to have knee surgery, doctor said, hey, you might have to get knee replacement surgery before you're 30. How you feel about that? I had to realize, like, who are who am I when I can no longer do what I think my identity is? So... I would encourage anybody watching this, anybody listening to this, young, old, don't matter, because we've mentored tons of folks from anywhere from 18, even younger, to 70 years old, mm-hmm. and um, people are missing the fuel source that gives them the drive to figure out what their purpose is in, in this life. And so the underdog mentality be all about helping people find what that purpose is for their life. And whatever that is, don't let anybody critique you or tell you you shouldn't be doing what gives you fulfillment, joy, passion, and gives you purpose. Don't let nobody tell you you can't do that. So that's what we're all about. Um, we've been going hard since 2018. I left my job that was paying me some decent bread and said, we're going in all in full time. And it's been it's been nice. Yeah. That's great. Ain't nobody got no complaints. And we're growing like crazy. I need to figure out a couple of things. Hire a couple other people to do some stuff. He hiring. He hiring. Reach out. He hiring. Reach out. He hiring. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and and so then my, my next question to you, Venetia, is because your mentality and your your work and your focus is similar to Tyler's. How, how, where do you, where do y'all tap in with each other? Like, cause I, I, I was on your Instagram yeah. And, yeah. and checking out, checking out your vlogs yes. and your blogs. And, yes. and it's, it's definitely like they coexist and they, they kind of marriage in one another mm-hmm. and coming from different perspectives, like tap in. What's, what's yours about? Yeah, no, here's, here's what I know about, Tyler and me. The reason why I feel like we were destined to be together, <laughs> destined to be there. Anyway, that we're destined to be together was because of that mindset. One thing that I always challenged Tyler on, and I knew this from a young age, just like he had this, there was like this fire in him that knew that he was destined for greatness. There was this fire in me that knew I needed to do something different. There was this fire in me that knew that I'm going to impact lives. And how am I going to do that? I don't know. Right. And so, I started to figure out, okay, if I'm going to impact lives, it starts with me. I know I'm going through everything that comes my way. I look at it as it's not happening to me. It's happening for me. Mm. And so whatever crosses my path, I'm just like, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? Good, bad, ugly, and different. I don't care. And I learned that at a young age as I was watching, you know, our family dynamic where my mother had me, she got pregnant at 14, had me in 15, being raised by her and my grandparents, but how it was 
spoken about her just being like the, what do you call it? The black sheep of the family, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Because she did the no-no of getting pregnant at such a young age. And I watched how she was so ridiculed for that mistake. But in reality, was it a mistake though? Because here I am and what blessings am I bringing, mm. right? And Speak. so- I was just like, okay, I'm not going to speak that over my life. When I was younger, I used to, people would be like, oh my gosh, you're just like your mom. You're just like Kathy. I used to be like, what? I'm just like my mom. I used to take that not as a compliment, but negative. And now I'm like, yes, I am just like my mom because my mom, you know, she was a child trying to grow too. Like she's Mm -hmm. a child that had a child that was also growing, also learning. What I love about my mom was her heart. She was such a server. And that's what I learned from her and that's what I took from her. I think anybody that you meet, you could take – it's a buffet. You leave what you don't like, you take what you do, right? And so Mm. my mom, she was such a server and I loved that about her. I saw her taking in people, feeding them, doing whatever. Obviously, she had a lot of kids and she struggled with addiction herself. But that was one thing that I'm just like now I'm like, oh, yeah, I – I want to be like my mom, right? I've never ever said that. I was like, I've grown up, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're saying I'm like Kathy. I'm like, oh, I never want to be like Kathy, but yes, I do. And I say it loud and I say it proud. But I think those circumstances taught me as growing up, as, as I grew up and I was trying out for things, right? I was always testing the waters. They said, you can't do this. Oh, Denisha, you have asthma. You can't be a swimmer. Okay. I'm going to, let me try it. Like, don't tell me I can't do it until I try. If I try it and I fail, it's not a failure. I learned a lesson that I can't do it. Mm. My body's not made for it. But I always tried everything to see how far I could go. Mm. And when my grandparents blessed us with coming out here to the States for opportunity, I took that and I ran with it. I'm like, okay, this is a chance in a lifetime for me coming from poverty, you know, oldest of 11 kids. My parents were addicted to drugs. My dad was actually the biggest drug dealer on the island. Just if you can imagine yeah, just growing up. Well. Yeah, and just imagine growing up like without in too in too many words, just imagine that revolving door and what that looked like with the young kids. So I was helping raise my brothers and my sister. So I had to grow up really, really fast. And so in growing up really, really fast, that's I think where I morphed my mentality of um, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm gonna be that example. We're not gonna do this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't even know if that answered the question, but that's where it was. That's where it, it led. definitely did. Yeah. I think the mentality led. just comes from how you grew up and how you were raised and the lessons that you've learned, yep. you know, everything that you you've kind of brought to the table and just kind of stuck through, um, which is deep, man. I think they they coexist real well. I think one definitely leads into the other, and I, it taps into actually one of the questions that I want to start with. I know I know Robert had a few questions, but it it, it taps in with my first question. Uh, uh, one positive and negative thing to a healthy relationship. Mm. And 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 I, I, I asked this question to you guys. Answer how you feel. You can you can say one positive, one negative, and just kind of just tap into that because I think people need to hear this in a different manner. Mm-hmm. Like you guys already bring a different mentality. You always bring it. You bring us to a higher vibration mentality, and then tap into this other aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And so let me just get clarification. So a positive and a negative on. Being in a relationship or in our relationship? Your relationship. We've been real, real oh, specific. Okay, okay. All or right. just in general, actually, in general. Okay, a positive, a positive negative from your opinion, from your relationship that says yeah. this is a positive and a negative to a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you start because I'm still thinking. This is how she does it. I do it. So. <laughs> you go first and then you come with the dope answer. No. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll start off spe- speaking specifically on our relationship. When I look at uh, you know positive and negatives, 
I think sometimes negative has a bad connotation to mm. it. So I like to look at it as like, this is a challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a challenge is something to be worked through and overcame. When you think yeah, of it as a absolutely. negative, it's like, I don't want to deal with that. Like, that's mm-hmm. negative. I don't want to deal with that. So we have challenges for sure. Yes. So I would say the positive about being in our relationship is that um, we're so family oriented. And so um, we put our we put our kids first. And so that's an incredible positive thing because we want to make sure we give them experiences, situations and different things that we had and things we didn't have. And so I think that's what's really positive about our relationship is that we are on the same page about making sure our kids have great experiences, Mm -hmm. trying our best not to spoil them. Mm -hmm. That's difficult, right? Trying to find that balance. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a positive. But also on the other end, there's a a challenge within that. Um, Transparently, and you know, me and her talked about this before, so brother just cut me off that you know when i met my wife so she she was previously married when we, when we mm-hmm. met get transitioned out of that relationship and she had a, she had two daughters they were four and two right so me being single as it gets i, I mean i'm single <laughs> i'm having a great time right. with my life at that time which i thought was a great time but really was super lonely and not uh, financially uh sustainable and um Last thing I thought I would do is like want to be with somebody that already has kids. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not dealing with that. I don't even like kids like that. I like I like I like my nieces and my nephews, but like I ain't dealing with nobody else's kids. So we get together, we get in this relationship, and then we start co you know rate well, not co like well you know co parenting with the other parents and trying to raise them. And that was a that was a challenge. It's a huge challenge, mm-hmm. you know, trying to co parent. But then sometimes it felt like we were like butting heads in our own household on how we wanted to raise yes. our kids. Mm. And what I would find is that, you know, Venetia was super cool with how I raised our two babies that we had together, mm-hmm. our nieces and our nephews. But when it came to our two oldest daughters that were birthed, you know, mm-hmm. that she had with her ex-husband, she would like, we was a lot of beef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I get it. They're girls. They're getting older. It's differences. And so always, continuously, I mean, two days ago, yeah. there was a challenge. There was a disagreement mm-hmm. about what we should be doing and you know, I think that through that challenge, though, we've been able to kind of find a place of communication mm-hmm. to work through that. Because uh, I think when you're in a relationship, especially when there's kids involved, that's that's some of the most difficult things is to Absolutely. be able to work with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. I would just say, you know, the relationships with kids is a beautiful, positive mm-hmm. thing. But then the challenges, that too, that Absolutely. could put a wedge in the relationships for sure. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I just want to snap to that because yes, amen. Okay. yes, that's good. Um, and from my perspective to tight, not to talk about it, it might come out in this fashion, but I think a positive that we have together as a unit is we are both very invested in not only us, but our family, right? Mm. Kind of the same thing. We're so invested. And so what I say, we're invested, we'll do whatever it takes. Sometimes there's times in our lives this past, what, 11, almost 12 years together, there's times in our lives where one of us is a little more invested than the other. Meaning, mm. like, one of us is like, okay, I made commandments the other day. I was like, okay, these are the three commandments of the three things that we must do weekly, on a weekly basis, like date nights. So one of us is always doing, there's, oh, it's never, sometimes, mm. sometimes we're on the same page, but 
and we're like, oh yeah, we need a date night. But there's a lot of times where one of us is pulling the other and it's necessary because one of us could be so invested, underdog mentality. I'm going to go in and I'm so focused on his workshop, me, work. I'm like, or my Instagram that I'm growing. Um, hey, yes, follow you know, plug, her. Ray. Um, the Instagram that I'm growing that I'm like, oh, hey, I really want to put good content out because I'm serving some people. I want to serve people that we lose focus sometimes on us. But a positive is that we're always invested. Mm. So let's talk about the flip side. On the negative side, we were both in relationships before, long-term relationships. And a lot of that times, there is always baggage that is brought into your relationship. Whether you want to say it or not, like, oh, no, I left them because of this. There's always some baggage, but it's always things that you uncover as you go into the, as you go into the relationship. There were things that I loved. When Tyler um, – actually, let me talk about how he – when he, what he thought about me, I just am a lover and he called, he, like a flirt. I just love uplifting people, boy or girl. I do not care. Man or woman, I do not care. If you look good, I'm going to tell you, you look good. Cause I, that's what I want to do. I want to uplift you. If you're doing great things, your hair looks good, whatever that coat, I will say whatever to anybody. And so Tyler in early in our relationship struggled with this. And you can speak on this. You struggled. Remember I, he was like, ah, oh, you're just, I don't know what the words were you called it, but he struggled with that. Mm -hmm. And I had to decide, is that something that I need to, number one, I wanted to understand like, shoot, am I just being extra? Am I being mm -hmm. all out? Like, am I putting out weird vibes? Or is this something that, man, this is who I am. Is it, I can't change, but you need to understand, take it or leave it. But it was more of a conversation. It wasn't like, this is how I am. But it came to, this is how I am, but here's why I'm like this. Mm -hmm. This is not because... I'm trying to go behind your back and, you know, have an affair. It's because I love everybody and I just like to uplift. And so now he understands that. So now as we're anywhere, I'm very, he understands that that's a part of me. Um, but talking about the baggage, so there's that. And then the other side, side of baggage is as you're outside of the honeymoon phase, everybody goes through the honeymoon phase where everything is just so good. Everything's going good. Like, oh my God, he's so great. He's buying me this. And then something happens where miscommunication or he does something that you're like, oh, I didn't expect him to do that, whatever it is. Mm. And then that's when your true colors come out. What I found was as we were prolonging, not prolonging, going along in our relationship and as we got into arguments, I found that a lot of the things that I saw when I was younger that were not healthy, mm. like the yelling, like this is how you fight. Because yeah. I saw my mom yelling with my dad or her her lover. This yeah. is how you fight. I brought that in. And he used to be like, why are you yelling? I'm like, why aren't you yelling? This is how you fight. Are we fighting right now? Because this is how I know how to fight. Mm. And so being with somebody who was opposite on that. He didn't see that growing up. He's never, you know, in arguments with his um, dad or stepmom. Well, no, I, I saw he it. saw I just, it, but it I was- just, I had two different examples. Two different examples. And he chose like, no, this is how I want to do it. Versus mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. I don't know anything different. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. all I know. So mm -hmm. that's a negative, but it also becomes a po positive where you understand like the why. You break down where the, the, the root of it. Like, where is this coming yeah. from? Like, why yeah. am I yelling at you? Yeah. I have yeah. no idea why I'm yelling at you. I just know that I'm supposed to. So that's a, a challenge or a negative as you will. Yeah. Man, man, all perspectives and dope perspectives on top of that. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, when you begin to, like, see that, like, you open up those baggages and, and, and the bandages and you, you tearing it off and you like, dang, I didn't even realize that's what I was coming from. Mm -hmm. Man, and you begin to start opening stuff and dealing with situations the way the way your perspective. Yes. Go ahead. It's background. <laughs> the onion. 
Um, no, I will just say, uh, I'll just say this. It's always refreshing, uh, hearing all types of people from all different ways of life talk about relationships Mm -hmm. and talking about love in general. And, you know, I think this is the first time I spoke about this on the podcast. I've definitely talked this to, you know, AJ a lot is, um, I feel like true mastery comes from always being a student where like, I know a lot of shit about relationships and things like that, but like, I don't like to go out there and flaunt that to people mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, there's stuff that AJ's taught me. And I'm just kind of like, Oh, I never thought about it in that way. And mm. It can be used, you know, if I'm in, you know, therapy session, if I'm in a matchmaking session, because this is a different variant of how someone seeks love or how someone understands love. And I think for me, at least I always go in the conversations, even though mm, the glass is very full, but it's, definitely half empty because I want to take in how did you take the situation? And if we go into, you know, a therapy situation where if you have like two, if you have like the whole thing where if I take everyone back to psych one-on-one, if you have the uh, dad who's, you know, alcoholic and you have two children, one kid has a high likely chance to pick up those behaviors. And the other kid has the chance to be very resilient. Like I will never touch a drink. And literally that gets replicated over and over and over again. And it's different variants of it where, I only drink for celebrations, but I binge drink or, 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 or I could never talk to someone who is belligerently drunk where it's kind of like, there's so many different (laughs) variations of that. I feel like for me, because I genuinely like, I could talk about love and all that stuff like until death and where I'm like, you know what? I just want to hear where other people coming from, from it. So I'll just say, no, it's just a blessing just to hear, you know, good things. And, uh, what did you say? Hearing like good, like holistic, deep conversations about it just actually makes me smile. Where I'm like, ah, yeah. this is this is what I want for like everyone. This is the reason why we built this show. One part of it, so people can hear that because you don't get that because there's a lot of kids who <clears throat> their expectation of relationship is Sailor Moon. Their expectations of relationship is future. Their expectation of this is that where I'm like, or this movie where I'm like, eh. I'm not gonna blame all those different things, but like when you see mom and dad really don't talk, but you just see them yell, where do they go for that? So yeah, for me that's where that's where I'm at. Where that so it's just like it's just, so it's just a beautiful thing, and I think this will be a perfect segue to kind of really ask and talk to you both as a dual related question with both things that you both do um, is everyone has this idea and mentality of like, you know, a couple that builds and you both have a lot of things going on and you kind of talked about date night, you kind of talked about someone's leading in the week. How do you both work on and play when it comes to, dare I say, um, being being a unit. How do you both, can you tell me more about how you both are unit? Cause I think that nutrient of like someone always has, always has something to do is a very big thing. So how does mm-hmm. that work? You know, and I think that's the key word is a unit, right? You have to understand that no matter what, when you make that commitment to that person, you're making that commitment to take all of them in good, bad, ugly, you're making that commitment to that person. So when Tyler and I made that commitment to each other and I knew that we were invested in each other, 
that unity and that unit was simple for me. It was, I can be my true authentic self with this man and he is not going anywhere. But then there's this also, there's also a flip side to this. I could be my true authentic self in how I operate in past relationships where I'm, you know, I shut down. I'm just like, I don't, my communication is something I work on continuously, continuously because in other relationships of what I've seen and what I've just done that didn't work was I shut down or I don't communicate or, you know, and this is going to be bad. I belittle the other person, my significant other. I call names. I don't know how to articulate what I'm feeling. So I try to take that person to my level. If, if mm. they're hurting me, I'm like, I want to hurt you. And I can't hurt you physically because you're bigger than me. So I'm going to hurt you with my words, right? Mm. And that's never okay and it's never cool. We've gone through that. We still battle that. There's still times where I slip up. I'm like, oh, dang it, I didn't mean to do that. I and mean, I'm really trying and he sees it. Mm. But when you make that mm. commitment, you have to understand too, I have to take ownership and responsibility. Like I need to know that just, I can't, just because... He is that person for me. He's not my garbage can. Mm, yeah. I cannot put all the trash in because that's hella rude, right? He is not my garbage can. Who we? But however, like, and so what we found that worked for us in this is, the, uh, again, lots of communication, really digging deep. Like we would have, there are some times where we have huge blowout um, arguments that actually blow up. You're thinking about baby. Blowout. <laughs> Blowouts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mom. Hey, the herd. <laughs> Come back to the herd right there. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I mean, yeah, I've been wiping butts for right years. <laughs> anyway. No breaks. Other butts. Yeah. Not just <laughs> other butts. <laughs> um, but we there's oh there's times God. where those huge blow-ups lead to the most amazing conversations. Cause it's like, oh my gosh, we come to a place where Okay, that happened. How do we work through that and navigate it? And usually it takes, what is it called? The olive branch. Like one person usually is the one that comes and reaches out. It always is one of us. I think when we say, I'm with you, I'm in this, we're in this together, knowing that we're not, we could have a blow up. I'm going to say blow out all the time. It's so funny. <laughs> we could have a blow up. But I know that if he walks out that door, he's coming right back. Or if I have to take a moment, I've learned like, okay, I can't, what I've learned to is I can't respond to you right now because I don't know how to respond. I'm going to react. I'm probably going to yell at you. Probably going to say some really mean words. Mm. So let me walk away and let me formulate my response. Let me think on it. Let me noodle. Right. And so give me my space. Give me my space. Um, and that's yeah. what I learned about myself. Tyler, on the other hand, he's ready. <laughs> he's ready. He's like, Okay, why does that? Why do you feel that way? Okay, let's talk about it. And I'm not ready. So he's learned that about me too. Do you need a minute? Okay, is this something we have to come back to? Mm -hmm. And so you don't automatically when you when you work together in in unity, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes work. It takes lots of communication. Communication, but it also takes some of those blow ups to really figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, but when you make that commitment, that's when the unity can start to form. Yeah, I think we've we've talked about that a lot on this podcast in a few episodes of just like working through the shit. Like, yeah, you really got to work through the mm -hmm. shit to find the diamond in the in the mud. Like, mm. and and uh, so you really tapped into that that whole aspect of it, and it, it's really like 
you guys been talking about it the most consistent piece is communication and that and like but and i always think of it as like two perspectives right like two individuals coming together to share one perspective and Mm. and that becomes Mm. like that becomes real tough and because you have your history you have your baggage Mm -hmm. you have how you grew up and sometimes you just clash but it's Mm -hmm. all about going through the mud to figure out how can we make this communication what it is so Absolutely. Yeah, you you uh can I get like a quick response? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I think you said something real. I mean, obviously I'm gonna hit on what my wife said, but you said like just working through the shit. Like I you know, I tell people all the time, like, hey, you're either in some shit, coming out of some shit, or headed into some shit. <laughs> either way, you're gonna have to deal with it. Yeah. And I usually say chaos because most of the people I'm speaking to, like I don't want I wanna come back. I don't want them to like yeah, he's cussing, we can't bring him back. But oh, we you can cuss. Yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good. Oh, you can cuss so, I so much. <laughs> Free privilege to cuss. Yeah. So listen here, I'm gonna go on a rant. My wife hit on something like so true. Like she's when she's when we get in platforms like this, we've done a couple of podcasts or like when we actually when she's ready to talk. She's really vulnerable and she shares her true feelings and we work through a lot of this. What I think is, like you said, talking about like what makes, um, you know, like a strong couple is what you were saying, right? What, what was the question unit. again? Unit. A unit. What makes a unit? Like we are both incredibly stubborn mm. and very driven. Like we're not waiting for somebody to light a fire in us to get some shit done. You know I mean, like we're going to go make it happen because it needs to happen and we want to set examples for our babies. But sometimes during that process, what I know about my wife as we've grown you know, she's in the, working in the work that she, the working, doing the work that she does. It, it's very taxing. I don't know how she does it. Like I'm, on, I, I do two calls and I'm like, all right, babe, I'm about to take a nap. <laughs> like I'm, I'm done for the day. I, I'm gonna come back and do something later. But like, and she's back to back to back to back. So what's funny if you check my social out, Underdog Mentality Instagram, I call, I try to Facetime my wife. I just finished up a session. I want to tell her how it went. And this happens. I think I said ninety-seven point one percent. 91.7% of the oh. time I FaceTime her and then she declines it and then it says <laughs> on a call. <laughs> and so like I got to recognize that that like what works for me is like I knew that like the work that I so here's let me backtrack. Let me go back about five years ago. I was doing work that was giving me passion, was giving me purpose, but it wasn't producing the lifestyle that I wanted to live for me and my family. I wasn't making nearly enough bread. I think I was underpaid. And I, I did, I'm not, a, I, the, the work setting wasn't kind of the environment I wanted to be in. So it was very frustrating. And my wife could see that I was struggling with that. And so she kept pushing me and encouraged me. And I think what you do um, as a unit is you, you push each other, you challenge each other, right? You don't, you don't condemn and ridicule, but you challenge and you, and you, and we want to hold each other accountable to the things that we say we want, mm-hmm. right? You know, one of my favorite authors, uh, well, one of my favorite, favorite personal development books is by James Allen. He said, everybody wants to improve their situation. Mm-hmm. Very few people are willing to improve themselves. Therefore, they remain bound to the consequences and circumstances that they reside in. Mm-hmm. So we all want to have better situations. We all want to have better relationships. But if you're actually not willing to put in action that matches the words that you're saying, then it's, it's all for nothing. Yeah. So there's been times we've been all, all words. And nothing changes. Mm. And we feel it in our relationship. So what we try to implement is, like my wife was talking about those three different things, those three different agreements or commandments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also do a weekly family meeting. And we include our kids in that. And we talk about, you know, we highlight somebody in our family. We talk about a goal we're working on. We talk about a challenge we're having. How can we be better at communication? Whatever it is. And this is the things that I think brings us all closer together. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Wait, I'm going to plug it. It's called League. It's on one of my highlights on my Instagram. It's the League meeting. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah. Check so it out. I'll, I'll wrap it up. They got a whole team. <laughs> yeah. A whole, whole team. And, and listen, I think I think the biggest thing is too, though, like, so how, how our dynamic works is you got to know your teammate. Oh, my God. Right? Like, think about this like this, where I'm going to go into you with a basketball for a second. Please, if you don't play basketball or don't understand basketball, just do a little research and lean in with me. <laughs> like, if we were playing two-on-two right now and I'm a scorer, and she's a scorer, but we have nobody that plays defense, we're going to get smoked. Mm-hmm. We're going to score, but as soon as we get the other team gets the ball, we're going to go down because we all we both do the same things. Mm-hmm. So I think as a team, as a unit, you know, you have your strengths, they have their strengths, and we need to stop um, investing so much energy and focusing on what we're bad at. You know, I know that I can do that with her because there's certain stuff. I know she's not good at communicating right away. I'm always ready to communicate. <laughs> I don't take myself too seriously. I'm really never, ever that mad. I, I know I can be condescending because um, I have a lot of patience within it when it comes to that. I don't have patience with some other stuff like I talked about earlier, communication. But like when we're communicating, I got tons of patience. And I know I can push certain buttons. And I do it sometimes. And I know it's not healthy for our relationship. But I kind of get a kick out of it. Yes. And she will get pissed about it. You heard it first, she, okay. look, oh, This is true. She'll be, she'll be pissed about it at first. And then I know how to, an hour later, make a joke out of it. And now we laughing about yeah. it. So you just got to find just those little weird quirks about your know, relationship and what works for them and what works for you. And you need to communicate yeah. about it. And so now that we communicate more about it, like she's much better at like being super extra punctual to everything. I'm going to be on time, but I'm not being early. I got a lot of other shit going on. She is super on top of like, just like, just, uh, I mean, help me out here. Just like with certain things that like, yeah. I don't care about, but she does. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, so we found these things about like what we value, what what's important to me, what's her important to her. Yeah. Love languages, the way we like, yeah, if I, I I'm, I'm totally acts of service. So like, if my baby's coming back, she had to fly down to Oakland for work or where San Francisco, she coming back, I'm gonna have a house clean and plush. Mm-hmm. And she better notice some shit. <laughs> you better walk in and be like, boy, you done yes. did these carpets. You done folded the laundry. Yes. You didn't know. And then if she ain't said nothing in two hours, baby, notice I cleaned up the house. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby, looks good. You better say something. <laughs> like, that's not her love language. You know what I mean? She's more like words of affirmation and stuff like that. Yeah. So anyway, you just got to find what works for you and how you guys come together as a team and just communicate, communicate, communicate. And it's taken us years and we don't have it down. Like she said, we was, we, you know, we argue. Time. We have debates, yeah. we have conversations, yeah. but I would say we've matured and we've grown uh, mm-hmm. a lot in those because we've been willing to accept that we're imperfect, we're going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. and how do we talk and work through it? And mm-hmm. I'll just also add the roles, right? I think there's this stigma of the woman should be the one that's cooking and cleaning oh, yeah, and taking good. care of the kids. And the man is the breadwinner that should go out and work and come, you know, old school. I call that old school. Does that work for some people? Absolutely. I'm not knocking you. If that's what you want to do, it's awesome. But what we found that works for us is I hate cooking. I love it. And he loves it. So we've switched where I used to try to make meals and I I, I don't suck at it. I just I'm not a fan. I hate touching meat. I think it's gross. So I don't touch it. So, but he... <laughs> so ugly. Oh my god! Don't cancel oh. me! Don't cancel okay. me! <laughs> um, so it's gonna happen eventually. <laughs> so how we work is he does the cooking. So we uh, we and it's already set. Anytime 
we are out. Okay. We look to him, the whole family. Okay, dad, what's for dinner? Or what are you cooking? And he doesn't mind it because that's the role that we said, hey, you cook. And then I do a lot of the other things, right? A lot of the things that like, especially with the kids, like he's so amazing with the kids, but I do the laundry. That's what I'm good at is setting us up for success. So yeah. I'm very good at organizing it so where it's not chaotic. Yeah. Have we tried it when it was chaotic? Yes, it sucked. I hate living there. So I took it, took control of, I do the laundry. I set the kids up for their everything for the week. All their clothes are set out for the week. So it's easier. Yeah. I book the appointments. I'm the one I'm on their dentist appointments. I'm on their eye appointments. I'm on doctor's appointments. They're getting vaccinated. That's my role. And I'm fine with it. And I love oh, it. She's, I, that's what I was going to say. She's phenomenal with the calendar. It's not on the calendar. It's not <laughs> happening. I said, now it's happening. I just want to say this too. And I'm going to be very clear about this. She said something about the breadwinner. So for about 80% of our, maybe 85, maybe 90% of our relationship, <laughs> she was absolutely the breadwinner. I was, in my words, where I was doing things and I was passionate about things that were given purpose. But the reality was I was scared to put myself out there. And uh, to take a chance and take the risk. And so she would push me. She would challenge me. And that shit was tough. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be like, man, you're so busy. You're trying to do all this. She's like, well, do you want to do what I do? you want to bring in more money? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, but damn, stop pressing me. And so she pushed me in that. And some people might take that and like feel like she was like putting me down. And it wasn't she was putting me down. She was just challenging me to be better and be more. Mm. And uh, And so now we're... Uh, definitely closer. I'm not gonna put her business out there, but it might low key be the breadwinner. Now. No, we're not. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely true. We're not gonna get into this. Right we have checks in there. We have checks in there to confirm. You want to pull them out? Okay, let's move on. Uh, actually, actually, I wanna. There's some things I want to unravel here. Uh, not the not the brackets, not the commas, but because you know, we kind of create this space. You know, obviously for people in general, but just for like young men where yeah. like there's like this thing called like the manosphere and all this other bull crap and things like mm. that. Where like, you know, men go there to like just complain about and like talk shit where like about women and all this other like, ah, I'm is this like a, is this like a platform that people can get on or something? Yeah, It's like a different like, uh. It's like a different, uh, how can I say this, like section or in the YouTube sphere where like, oh, okay. you're saying. like, you could be like, you can man up by having, well, you can get a girl by like having lots of money, this, this, and that. Oh, okay. Um, and like, we kind of wanted to create a space where like, mm, what about the big hearted guys? What about the guys mm-hmm. who like, you know, like, I don't mind sharing roles. And mm-hmm. one thing I kind of want to highlight is like, for you, just as a man, because you don't hear that a, a lot. Where people just talk about like, yeah, in this situation, the gender roles aren't like that. So I just want to ask you just from a male perspective, what was it like for you to conceptualize, feel that, understand that, where like, this is just my situation right then and there. How did that affect your manhood? And we'll say, even now, does that even affect your manhood knowing that that happened in your life? That's a great question. I think, man, for me, when we met, so I got to kind of take you back to that. Like, I thought I was pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I was oblivious to like what was really going on in the world. Yeah. Mind you, I was 25 years old. Couldn't get my own spot because I had been evicted. So I was living in a room share. Had my own little room. Had no furniture. Mm. It wasn't mine. It was my my roommate's. So my sister's friend who plugged me. So I remember our first date. I took her and I had a 
two-tone 1994 Nissan Pathfinder. Mm. And I thought the two-tone made it clean. Do you understand me? I thought the two-tone is what made <laughs> it fresh. She gets in the car. She said, oh, it's water on the floor. I said, girl, don't worry about that. I know I got a little leak from the little windshield. You know, it's all good. Get up here. So after that, she was so sweet. She's like, hey, it's like, hey, I'd love to go another day, but I can just pick you up. We can just drive my car. I said, oh, okay, cool. I didn't think anything about it. So she took me into a relationship where she knew I was making, I don't know, about 32000 bucks a year. This is after college and tons of debt. And she was making at least three times that at that time. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, and she was uh, not shy about wanting nice things, but my money was shy about wanting nice things because I couldn't afford them. <laughs> but she never, <laughs> but she never made me feel some type of way about that because she was so. Oh, I want to go hear you talk, or I want to go hear. I want to hear what are you doing, or tell me about your job. Tell me about what, what, how work was. Like she was so invested because I was trying to do work that I believe mattered made purpose and gave me passion. But I think a lot of the times we settle for that because it, if it doesn't produce the lifestyle you want to live, financially it wasn't creating the life we wanted to live. We had been wanting to buy a house. She was making way more than I was and then we were strapped down with debt. So yeah, there were points in time through our relationship. Never she, she never made me feel like that. It was internalized from the perception of what the world would say. Mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. And we were involved in this kind of network marketing thing. If you don't know what network marketing is, be careful. It teaches, it taught us a lot. We learned from it. It's mm-hmm. like those home-based businesses. Um, we learned a lot, but it um, it also created this false reality of what a man and a woman needs to be. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to provide, but providing might look different. Like I was way more accessible. So I was off in the summers. So like my job, I picked a job where I'm like, Oh, bro, I'm trying to be like I was like in school. I'm trying to be off for spring break, Christmas break, summer break. You know what I mean? So even though I was only making 32 Gs a year, I was off for four months out the year total. And then I had I was doing sports modeling. I was doing Uber. So I was making money doing other things. But I really I really, fear, I really wanted flexibility because I knew her situation wasn't flexible. Like, mm. oh, I got to be in a meeting, babe. I got to do an interview. I can't pick up the kids. Well, shit, who's going to pick up the kids? Mm. So I needed to make sure I was in a situation where that was the case. And so as we grew and I started realizing like, man, I really, we have bigger dreams. We don't want to be in, you know, generational financial suffering. We want to own stuff. So I said, I got to go all in, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I made that decision to start the underdog mentality. And then in September of this past year, 21, we were just, what we were in Bellevue for her job. Because again, my job was super flexible. I picked a job that's really flexible that allows me to be creative and it worked for me. Um, and we're just walking, we're talking. I'm like, babe, I think I'm finna call Felicia. And Felicia was my supervisor. I love that girl, that lady. I mean, she's like a man, she's just like an auntie, just mm-hmm. like just poured so much mm-hmm. into me. And I only known her for about a year and a half, two years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Felicia wow. Tripp, shout out to Felicia. Shout and, out, shout out. And I called her, I said, Felicia, I, I'm, I'm gonna hang them up. So I'm gonna hang them up. She's like, I knew. She's like, I knew the time was coming. I was like, Well, I'm I'm gonna give I'll give a two month notice, but I'm going all in with the underdog mentality. And since we've done that. You know, financially, it's been it's blessed our family the way that I just have flexibility to be present. Not saying my wife can't be present, but there's like she's in a corporate America and it's cutthroat. Like it's cutthroat. I'm like, damn, bro, I couldn't be in that for two seconds. I either got fired or quit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she's built. But look, bro, I be hearing all these calls. Like we was driving up to, uh, we were driving to Seaside, and everything's a good mood. And then she gets this call about some stuff that happened, and it's like, hey, man, 
I wouldn't deal with this. And how do you have the strength to deal with this? So we realize about it, about our, about each other. And we've been able to play off that. And now I'm just grateful that now I'm in a place financially to be able to support, to be able to, you know, pay off debt, save money, do other things and to be able to just take care of my wife in, in ways differently than before. But she had never made me feel bad. She might've said one little slick thing when we was beefing that she was trying to, you know, <laughs> but it wasn't, but it wasn't like a play. It wasn't coming from the heart. It was more just coming from the, you know, the anger that yes. she was feeling at that time. The emotion. So I've never felt like I've internally felt inferior at times because mm. what the world projected and honestly what I knew I had inside me, but I wasn't living up to, mm. but she had never made me feel like that. Mm. So I, one more, I know you have something that I just want to, because where there's a leak, there might be a flood. And I just want to bring <laughs> in this perspective. <laughs> the leak, I'm losing that. Yes. Uh, because this is the point, like opening this up because people don't see that. So thank you for sharing that. And I want to bring in your perspective too as well, because we can go down the internet to like tube tunnel and like find a lot of like, Oh, he didn't do that. She mm-hmm. didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's versus this person versus that person yeah. this week, right? Yeah. So I just want to ask you really quickly because yeah. I know I know AJ has something for you. Is you have to have the cognitive flexibility to know one, no, this is a full grown man, and there's a right and wrong way to motivate or I don't want to say oh not that word not motivate but uh motivate but also to like how can I put him in position. To not demasculate mm-hmm. this grown ass man. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you from, you know, not just from a, you know, obviously from a female perspective, mm-hmm. but from like a person yeah. perspective, like how did that go for you with helping out your unit, your man to yeah. be like, you know what? I'm invested in you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, such a great question. So I think the first thing that I will say is, is this, and it's on. I have control of what I have control of. Mm. And when I looked at his life and where he was coming from, fresh out of college, started a job, I was actually very proud of him. I'm like, all right. he's Because he had just, at that point, went from Boys and Girls Club to Gear Up. And he was so excited. He just told me, I got a promotion. <laughs> so excited. I was like, yes, you did. That's awesome. Promotion and title. The money yes. is the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought I, yes. I came home like, babe, I'm making this per hour. Yeah. yeah. Realizing that now I'm working less months per year. So. Yeah. And. <laughs> <laughs> look at Janelle. You glue I know. Bro. Right. But I also think. Taking it back to when we first met and when we started dating and courting, as you will. Courting each other and day courting. Like, you know, we're Where dating. You, you know, it's from um, the Renaissance ages, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was we're bringing courting. it back. We're bringing it back. So, Madame. when we were doing this, there was a. Uh, <laughs> what I loved, what I was so me about. <laughs> no, please, no, please. This is so funny. I love it. Okay. We was talking. We was, it was dating. Okay, we were listen, dating. Getting... Talking for my young people. We was talking. Yeah. Dating, going on dates. <laughs> no. According. Okay. No, we was talking. Anywho, what I, I, you made me lose my train of thought. Oh, sorry. You were talking about us courting. I was coming out. I was just, I was so excited. I was in working gear up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so as we were dating and I'm getting to know him, I'm asking questions. I'm asking questions about 
him because that in the dating phase, that's the moment when you find out, does this person match your drive? Mm. Does this person going to, I, I don't believe in completing or competing with complimenting. Is this person going to compliment your life? Right? Because as I'm, <laughs> yes, she's got we're not, she's <laughs> <laughs> not completing, not competing, but complimenting, complimenting. Yes. Because, I saw that, number one, I loved his heart. Number, number two, as I'm asking these questions, I'm really strategic about these questions because, number one, I've been in a relationship before, and I was married. And if I, I'm not dating just to date. I'm dating to see if this is going to be your future, and I'm going to invest my time in you, then I'm going to damn sure in- – ask those appropriate questions for me. He probably didn't see it that way, but I did. I was like, okay, he has the drive. Mm. He has motivation. He has a vision. And that's what I was like, oh, okay, I can work with this. Like, I can work with this. I can, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work this. Um, I'm going to put some work in it. I could work this because in speaking to him and it, obviously he was, he was rapping at the time too, y'all. Bars, don't play with me. He's rapping. So there, that was another one. Drive, right? Like drive. I was like, okay, he's not afraid to be, he's not afraid to try. He's not, he's not afraid to get uncomfortable. So we can work with this. Number one, he was fine. I, I'm the one that told him, I was like, you know what you need to do? Model. You need a model. And he, he went in, I showed him the agency. He went in and he got it because I believed in him. And I think Mm. as just as a person, not even as a woman or as a wife, just as a person, if you and I, if you were my friend, if he was even just my friend and I see this drive, I'm going to uplift you and I'm going to encourage. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be your hugest encourager, your biggest fan. And, but I'm also going to be the one, like, if you ask me, did this suck? I would, t- do you want the truth or do you want me to fluff it a little bit? Loki don't even need to ask. Sometimes. Right. <laughs> sometimes. But you can handle it <laughs> because he's a, he has a... I mean, you know, you could deliver messages differently to people that are mentally tough. There's some people that don't get, like you, you choose not to get offended. There's yeah. some people that are unoffendable. He's unoffendable. He doesn't get offended on certain things. So I, I know that going into it that you could handle it. There's other, you know, situations where you have to cater the message a little differently. But anyway, so I looked at him as a person of he had the drive, he had the motivation. I'm like, oh, done. This guy is going to go somewhere because he, I saw, I, he had this vision, but I saw something bigger in him. I could see it. I'm like, oh, he's about to change this world. I just know it. And so, and just being as a, a person, but being his wife and being his complimenter, I was like, if he has the same drive as I have, we're going to, we're going to run the world. Like we're mm. there. We are going to together dominate, not like run the world or really, but dominate together and impact as many lives as we can. And so we had that set and that's the thing. The one thing that we had that I knew that we had so in common, I think was the foundation is we're both servers. Mm -hmm. We serve on people. We love on people Mm -hmm. and we give, we're such huge givers. If I have it, I'll give it. If I don't have it, I'll be like, I owe you. Okay. I'll Mm -hmm. give it to you. I'll give you another (laughs) fashion. But if I, you know, I think the more you bless others, the more you are blessed. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that we never, there was never a time where I'm like, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this. I want to say, I would say that you say when you, you, but I don't think you, you give without expectation of return though. Oh, for sure. Right. Like, so you don't give. No, no, I I think we both do that. Right. Like, so it's like, we do, we're not doing this. Like, oh, if we do this, then we're going to get this back. Mm -hmm. Like we did, you know, that's just like, especially, you know, we both, both grew up in large families and 
you know, just want to give back as much as we can and and be a resource to people. So sorry, that's I know that kind of cuts you off, but okay. I just wanted to say that. I no, know. but yeah, no, I wrapped it up. I just I hope that answered the question. I don't even know if I actually answered it. No, uh, it definitely did. Um, just a small reflection back. It's just like literally, um, because I always fought, find myself to be an oddball thinker. But you know, when I do shows like this, it makes me think that there are a lot more people like me. At you know, yeah, bigger tribe because it's literally like mm. you know, mm. like. I really appreciate y'all's mentality where it's like mm-hmm. you're looking at the whole person holistically. So I really how, you know, you didn't have to get into like nutrients or super details, but like you saw him as yeah. a person, not, mm-hmm. not a project. So I want to make sure mm-hmm. just like, mm, I'm going to bet on this person. Mm-hmm. And when you bet on something, you show investment. Mm-hmm. And then literally, mm, if I put this obstacle, it's not, it's not, it's not ready for that, but, all I want to say is that, that was you met him as a person, mm-hmm. a person first, and then all the other stuff and titles came second. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I just wanted people to hear that uh, individually from both of y'all because that was just like a nice little sweet potato pie with a cool whip on it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, I was foaming at the mouth. I was like, we gotta go there real quick, man. You went there. It's I it. appreciate it you, good. man. Good. Absolutely, That's absolutely. So I got, I got like a few, few questions. You guys have kind of tapped on it throughout this whole process and yeah. kind of touched on a lot of different things. And one of the questions that I have is like, how do y'all with everything that you do from your kids to the jobs to the, the, everything else you do, staying active. I know Tyler, you in the gym every day and, and um, how do you keep your relationship entertaining? Hmm. You can go first. He's <laughs> <laughs> ready. Man, I think that um, that's a good question, AJ. Really you know, there's a lot of different ways we, we we do that, right? Like, I know that my wife works. What I do here, here's what I say. I know during the week, my wife is not super available. Currently, in the situation she's in with her job, so I know she has to work. I know she needs to prioritize that. I know her job's not flexible like mine. I'm like, can't you just take the call on the road? She's like, no. <laughs> and so, like, I know this about her. So I'm trying to. Fi- so, so I've realized that. So, like, during the week, what I know is, once she's done, she lays the baby to sleep. That's me and her time. Mm-hmm. So I'm in here either watching the Blazers game. She'll come in here and we'll spend time, and we might not even talk, but we just get in each other's presence, right? And then she's getting her her feel on her social media. She's making her content. Or it's like, baby, you want to watch our show? We'll mm-hmm. go up there. We'll we'll watch shows together. Um, you know, we'll um we'll read books. Um, you know, we'll read and we'll talk about what we read and what we learned and we'll share. I learned this from this podcast, and so always trying to make those connections, like intellectually. Mm-hmm. And then um, we've been doing it. I mean, pandemic kind of slowed it up a little bit, mm-hmm. but like we do, you know, we go on trips. So I just went to Seattle with her for her job. Just so we can have some time away together. It was and it was Valentine's, Valentine's Day, so we went out, and we're real simple people, man. Like mm-hmm. we went, like we got super dressed up. I said, <laughs> and I'm tired. She said, I'm tired too. I said, you trying to go home and like watch some shows? Yeah. Let's go. It's like eight <laughs> fifteen, and that's our and that fits us. You know yeah. what I mean? And mm-hmm. that fits us. And so, but then we're also like we keep it interesting because again, we love our kids. So like. Our doors are, oh, we don't lock our door. Our kids, the doors are open. The kids come in there. We laying on a bed. We watching shows. 
we're talking, they see us interacting positively. Because I just thought about it like I never, like I tell my kids all the time, like, first of all, y'all need to knock on the door. <laughs> I was about to say, y'all was watching yeah. shows. You got to knock on the door, yeah. man. Yeah. You got to wait till, the, till you got to put the last one to bed and then yeah. we, we in there. <laughs> but like, they got to knock on the door. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just because like growing up with my dad and my stepmom, like they were always in their room. The door was always locked. And so we rarely like, I don't really remember spending a lot of time like sitting on a couch with them and just talking. Like our mm -hmm. kids are around us all the time. Mm -hmm. And so that serves both of our love languages. We love our kids and, and, it, and it keeps the fire going. But then we also plan date nights. We also plan, we do brunch a lot and mm -hmm. we just go and, and I know that, you know, she can be stressed out from work and all I need to do is just sit and listen. You know, I think a lot of times, especially as, I don't know if this is a man thing, but it just maybe a personality trait. But like I'm a fixer, so like she started telling me some stuff that's going on. My brain is already working on ideas. I said, "Ooh, I got some heat for it. Let me share." It. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then she just be like, and then you could tell like I didn't really want you to fix nothing. I just want you to listen. Mm -hmm. So that's when I know she when when she feels heard, loved, and seen. I feel like that builds our connections. For me, I'm really simple, so I don't. You know, I'm not a gift guy. Really, what I just like is acts of service. Like if you made me a meal. Or if you, even though I know it's not her thing, so maybe she ordered some food. Yeah. No, listen, true, truthfully, yeah. ordered some food or she folded my clothes. Just simple mm -hmm. stuff. It just, and that seems, this might seem like, man, who, what is he? Who is talking about? This is like real life. Like mm -hmm. it's not all out, always going out to these fancy ass mm -hmm. days, buying these fancy Flowers, ass things. It's like that. the little stuff for us. Yeah. Because we've done all the big stuff. Like we, it's like, what do you want for like anniversary? Like you want to buy anything? She's like, no, nah, I don't need that. We don't, we didn't buy each other nothing. No. For, 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 like what, for what? What? what yeah. do we, we got everything we need. We don't need no materialistic things. Let's mm -hmm. let's just get our time together. Let's just yeah. spend that time. So we're all about spending time and just just phones away and just talking. Yeah. And what we do every Sunday is we we uh, sit down and we look at our calendars and we see what our week looks like and we plan it out. Who's picking up? Who's dropping off? Because we have a crazy pickup mm -hmm. and drop off schedule. Yeah. And then we talk about and I'll be like, oh babe, okay Thursday. What's your Thursday at noon looking like? You got time? We can go to happy hour. We can go to get some mm -hmm. some food. And then we'll do that. And that that's what uh I think that's what keeps us connected and, and keeps the relationship excuse me, relationship entertained. And lastly, I'll say your brother, you know, and Tim, these are some of our best friends, and our wives are all close. Mm -hmm. It's being with our brothers, getting that fellowship, and then them, their wives being together, and we just know like and our kids all connect, right? Mm -hmm. It's you know, so much of the results mm -hmm. you create, your happiness is based on relationships. Mm -hmm. And, and who you choose to spend your time with. And so we got a great association of people yeah. that we kick it with. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what's just been able to keep us laughing. She said, she literally was telling her, like, she says it every day. She tells me, she, uh, she's like, you're so fine. Look at you. And then my kids be like, oh, mom, shut up. Mom, 12 years so later. Like, and I don't really do that. Stop it. Your daddy's looking like a snack. See, she was saying that all the time. She did, every day. And I'll be like, man, I'm cool. I mean, I guess. But like, and, 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 but like, she just does this every day. Like, we could just been, she's like, I'm still mad at you, but you're so fine. <laughs> and I just be like, God damn, okay, shit. Got my got it again. I'll be in there. I'll be in, I'll be in a big ass oversized t-shirt and some old drawers. And she just like loving me. So it's just a beautiful thing that she just uh, you know, it, that's how we keep it fresh. <laughs> you know, and then I'll try to give her a little kiss on the cheek, maybe a little slap on the little backside. What's you doing, girl? What's up? You know, we just have you trying to what you trying to do. And you oh know, we just have fun with it, man. We just we're some regular people. <laughs> It's not extravagant over here. People are telling you there needs to be this extravagant relationship. No. They ain't telling you the truth. No. No. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, shots fired. 
into some of my past relationships. This could all be this so simple. Yeah. <laughs> it all so simple. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah. wow. well, well, you know, that's just how we work, right? Yeah. And not everybody. Some exactly. people are more high maintenance. Birthday. Yeah, um, she so. definitely wants a birthday month, bro. I said, yes. what is this? Uh, oh. I'm serious about that. Oh, there was a whole ordeal. Yeah. We had a thing. Bruh, this is the how pandemic hit. Yeah. There might, there might have been a 7-Eleven slushy thrown in my head. Because she said, what are we doing for my birthday? Allegedly. We were a week before her birthday. She said, what are we doing for my birthday? I said, listen to me. We're in a pandemic. I ain't thought about your birthday for two Two seconds. seconds. (laughs) Before I could turn my head to get a glass of water, this drink is flying at me. She's cussing. I'm like, whoa, what's going down? Kids is looking at me like, what the hell's wrong with mom? I said, bro. You're like, Dad, oh I, my God, like, you said that. It's a week away. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Something every day? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I know that you got to find what works. You got to, again, that's why I don't play no damn games with that communication. Yep. You need to talk about what it is. Please yeah. don't play with me. Yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you find entertainment in your relationship? Oh, my gosh. I would say, honestly, our life is just so entertaining, right? With everything that we have going on, like you said, our, like figuring out our schedule is entertaining yeah. for us, but I think to maintain that fire, we have definitely figured out what works. Fire, nice. That fire, what works, and it's so simple. It is, and it's you know, and a lot of the times too, as simple as it is, the way it fills our cups together is spot on, mm. right? Like, okay, we know we need. I mean, there's times where I was like, I'm gonna go to Seattle for work. I'm gonna come with you. Yeah. Nope, it's for me. It's me time. time. I need me time. So Mm -hmm. I'm very, very Mm -hmm. passionate about my self-care. Because if I'm not pouring into me, I cannot pour into others. I'm not going to be able to pour into him. I'm not going to be able to pour into our kids. So my self-care matters to me. And I had to communicate that, though, with Tyler. Mm -hmm. And so finding that communication. Like, on weekends, you guys, he wakes up. He works out. Like, it's like 6 in the morning. He works out. He's moving and grooving. Weekends are my time where I'm just like, her I need to sleep. Time. Like, this is my time. Like, do not bother me. Actually, wake me up with a coffee. That would fill my... And he usually does. So we've we've learned little things. It takes time. It takes communication. Um, but he's hilarious, even though I sometimes tell him he's not because he gets on my nerves. He's, <laughs> like, he, his humor, though, he's like one of the funniest people I know. So that's how oh he's got... Oh, my gosh. Did we get this? Like, did you get this? Did we get it? Oh, we God. did. We got that we on camera? Okay. Save that. Send it to me. Bro. Oh, I... I I will just hug. in case she thinks you're not funny, then we got to just replay. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't go. But you're the same way, babe. I would just say, like. You think I'm funny? I would just say, like, that's one thing. Like, you would say, like, because you think, like, you've been in a relationship for over a decade. Like, shit get dry. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, no, we be laughing all, all the time. The time. Mm-hmm. Like, jokes. I be stinging my kids. My kids be stinging me. We be stinging each mm-hmm. other. You just got to stop taking yourself so serious mm-hmm. and just have fun. Just, like, yeah. just relax. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's That's what I think that we do really well is. Connecting is like, like how we keep that fire is like, we're laughing together when we're smiling. Mm -hmm. That's really where it's at for Mm -hmm. us. And I think that was one of the main reasons why I was like, we got to have them on the show because you guys bring so much life to not only both of our Instagrams, but just in life in general. And you, you do it so effortless, effortless. 
effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Robert, yeah. Yeah. About 10 words in the vocab, yeah. I can't get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely like, and so it was like, I had to, like, I had to reach out. I had to, I had to speak to y'all and just be like, look, man, we got to have it. Like, um, because y'all are such a unique situation, but also like an open and loving situation that uh, is a reflection of like the kids y'all have. Right. And every one of them, brings out like a different ounce in everyone and you guys mm-hmm. and you guys you can see the light that they give off in in themselves and i, I mean I, I give credit to y'all ultimately like i give credit to y'all um and and i got i got one more question i know i think robert got one more question for you too as well my my one question to you i just had it in my head before yeah. i started talking um what's your idea of a power couple Mm. Yeah, you say you talk about that all the time. I don't really say those words, but we've heard people say that about us before. And a I know lot you of talk people about say that. It. It's a, it's a I'm gonna leave this one to you. You stop trying to throw it to me first. Okay, sorry. So, <laughs> you know, Please. I think. Please. Oh, this is a good. I think for I've heard like people are like, oh my gosh, they're such a power couple. They're such a power couple. What does that mean, right? Mm. So I broke it down for myself. I said, to me, what a power couple is is two people that are living in their purpose, Mm. that are vulnerable as hell and not afraid to showcase what raw looks like, what life Mm. looks like, are willing to put it out there and don't fake the funk, Mm. right? Talk to them. Yes, I talk about like, that's a power couple. I don't need Kim Kardashian and Kanye because they have all of this. To me, that wasn't a power couple because they have money. They have all this. A power couple was people who are in the nitty gritty. They work through some stuff and they're oh, they're fine with putting it out there like, hey, we just got into a big argument or we didn't or this is what we're going through. This is what our family is going through and are able to showcase that true vulnerability because mm. I am so tired of social media being fake. And I show up on there. I'm like, I'm going to be raw. I love filters, though. And I always say this. I love filters, you guys. And that's my thing. But I'll go on Fridays. It's a filter-free Friday. Here's oh. what I really look like. Here's what I was like. Why Which do I? the same. It's not the same. Very clear. She it looks contorts... the same in every picture. I've no, ever no. Seen it contorts my face. So, yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> but I also understand that I also speak to an audience of women that I'm, if I'm over here saying love on yourself, love you first, like, you know, you are made, you are worthy, you are valued, you are powerful, you are all of these things. And I'm over here trying to put on a show, like everything's perfect. I'm not being real. I'm not being my authentic Mm -hmm. self. Mm -hmm. And what I know about Tyler is, and what I appreciate about him too, is he shows up as his authentic self. One thing that he'll always say is, I don't care what people think. Nobody's thinking about you. Those are two things that he, I sound. Do I sound like this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yes. I don't care. Or he'll be like, nobody's thinking about you to our kids, especially. They're like, oh, I don't want. Nobody's literally. Nobody is thinking about you. And I so take that. <laughs> I get some context to that in a minute. <laughs> I know there. There has to be context on that, but. Nobody cares about you. No. Yes. I know. I'm so sorry. But I know he shows up as his authentic self and I'm showing up as my authentic self and we're willing to talk about it. That's a power couple is two people. But also when you talk about unity, two people that are united, we come as a united front, but we do not front when that we always are not that we're divided sometimes on certain Mm -hmm. things. We are divided. Mm -hmm. We're always going to be united, but there's certain things that we're divided on because I am an individual. He's an individual. Mm-hmm. Just we're, I hate people. Oh, yeah, they're one. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. 
We are two different people with two different identities, yeah. two different perspectives, Talk. but we're one unit that we Talk come together shit. to not complete, not compete, but shit. to complement. Talk your Ooh, shit. She came with the Talk three your C's. shit. <laughs> what? The three Nine, C's. Like Talk your that. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the context of. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah yeah, I talk all the time about I do, I do a lot of trainings around emotional intelligence because I did not have I mean, I don't know what my IQ is. I mean, I think I was decently book smart, but I know I had a lot of, you know, what we would call like street smarts, understanding yeah. emotions and how to process that and how other people process it. And one of the things that high emotionally intelligent people do is they 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 look at they don't have the spotlight effect. So I tell my kids all the time, I remember this one kid after I did a workshop, like a 20-year-old kid, real skinny. He's like, Man, I want to go to the gym, I'm trying to work out more. Just want to build muscles, but I feel like every time I'm lifting weights, I don't really know what I'm doing, and I'm real skinny, and I feel like everybody's looking at me. His name was John. I said, John, let me talk to you. Come in close. I said, John, here's the deal. Uh, nobody is thinking about you, John. <laughs> John, 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 I'm in the gym trying to get this flab off my gut. I'm in there thinking about X, Y, Z, what I got to do after this workout. It doesn't mean you don't matter. It doesn't mean you don't have value. It doesn't mean you're not unique. But the reality is if I was to take a picture of all of us right now, this room is full of 20 people, the first person you're going to look for is you. And you're going to determine if that's a good picture based on how you look. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it and put, put, put life in a perspective, you matter. But to other people, they're more concerned. We're more self-absorbed yeah. than we, I think we give people credit for. So anyway, that's what I tell my kids. And uh, and that's how I like to just show up in this world. And honestly, as a speaker, you know, the number one fear of people, they've done surveys on this, is the fear of public speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two is death. People rather be dead before they public speak. Crazy. Like I've been doing this public speaking thing for like over 10 years and was I super nervous and I was trash when I started? 100%. And so I've had to grow and I've had to work at it. And so when I think about a power couple, how I think about that is, 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 is a couple that's confident. Mm. Right when you look at some people, some people that you esteem to, or people that you admire, mm-hmm. or you or you look up to, it's people that are confident. Now, be very careful with that. It's not arrogance, mm-hmm. and I think we need to walk more in our confidence. Why? Because I think we play to more of our strengths and focus on those, and we will make fun and have a good time with the shit we're trash at. Mm-hmm. And so, in our relationship, like whatever, if people see us out in person, they'll be like, you know, they'll say something, they'll make a comment. Oh, I love you guys. You're so beautiful. You're so funny. It's just like, well, we're just trying to be the best version of ourselves. We're not putting on fronts. You know, we're just trying to just live our life like some regular humans Mm -hmm. and and just use our gifts that we feel like we're given to be able to be a light in the room. Mm -hmm. And I think that any people that I think that I look up to that are power couples or people that are inspiring, they're the same thing. They're confident. They're vulnerable. They're lights in the room. They encourage, they inspire, but then they also are very humble in knowing that I don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I still make mistakes. And I mean, for me anyway, that's when I look at like a power couple mm-hmm. who I really re- respect and uh, esteem to. So that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. That's With the blue dope. mics. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this is why I love this space that we've created because, you know, um, I was like, I'm always like research this, you know, I'm going to have this question, this this question, this question. And I just love that when things just go, they just go. And like I was going to bring up with, you know, to y'all were like me as a public speaker, Jeff taught me to be a, be- a better public speaker. Ooh, Jeff High School? Yeah. He taught you a lot of things. You yeah. Be mentally tough. <laughs> I had a whole student body laugh at me and that's why I got uh, good at right? public speaking. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to throw like, you know, 
will have been your Kanye moments. You know, do you have a skeet moment? Do you, you know, you know, the whole Pete Davidson thing. I was gonna talk about step parenting, all that others, you know, things like that. But I just love how this episode turned out. But my final question, besides, you know, getting flagrant with those, I'm gonna throw all that stuff to the wind because I think my last question is for the both of y'all is individually you can answer it for yourselves or answer it as a you know unit in a couple or group but i just want to ask for the both of you is when it comes to your purpose because a lot of people in life they struggle with the p word purpose what is my purpose mm -hmm. why what is my design and i just want to ask from the both of you when did you know you were in your purpose how did it feel? Where did it come from? Was it you slept on it and then boom, I just knew it or just this one word? How did you know you were falling in your purpose? You want me to go first? Or yes, babe. So this is something, <laughs> I mean, I talk, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quick with this, uh, but mm -hmm. this is something I talk about quite a bit. And I mean, I don't care how young you are, nine years old. I talk to my son about that all the time. Purpose is something that's like really ambiguous. And it's hard for people to grasp because it's it's sight unseen, right? It's not like, you, again, like we, I believe, and I this is on my, again, shout out to the Instagram <laughs> over there. Uh, I talked about we need to operate not out of sight, but out of vision. And they seem like the same thing, but sight is what you can actually see. You're operating out of your memories and the vision in front of you. Vision is operating out of your imagination and what could be. Mm. So for me... I had always had a divine purpose. I thought at first, for me, it was basketball. I was a pretty good basketball player. Had a four-wide D1 scholarship, played knee surgeries. That was my identity. That's no longer. Who am I now? thought that was my purpose. Boom, transition. Now I'm making music, giving a message. Love making music. Love delivering bars that was the critical thinking, that were conscious that... Nobody was listening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Everybody, when they listened, they thought I was good, but I was like, I was making no money. This was not providing the lifestyle I want to live. You see, when I think about purpose, I think about three, the three, I think about passion, purpose, and lifestyle. So when you are a passion, it's something that comes easy to you. Something that nobody has to set an alarm and tell you to go do. Secondly, then there's, then there, then there's purpose, which is, that's a little more tough. So for me, I knew I wanted to work with young people because I realized I had a gift in it and it kept me young. You know what I mean? You work with young people, so you get it. Like it keeps mm -hmm. you young. It Absolutely. keeps you, it 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 it, it, you, it allows you to have so much empathy in this world because you have to consistently put on a different perspective of lens of life. Mm -hmm. So I was living in that. I was living my passion. I was living in what I believe my purpose. But here's the problem: and most people don't want to have a conversation about this. It wasn't producing the lifestyle I wanted to live. You see, I was working hours I didn't want to work. I was working in a setting that wasn't conducive to who I was, and it absolutely was not compensating for me for my worth. Mm -hmm. So when I really realized my purpose is when I was 33 years old. So I'm 37, four years ago. And I told my wife, I said, I want to build a speaking and inspirational storytelling company because I'm tired of being restricted to the, to the confines of the structure that I was in of only working with at the time students that were going to go to traditional higher education. Mm -hmm. I said, bro, this, everybody could use this message. Mm -hmm. So how do I do that? And when I found that passion, I found that purpose, and it didn't quite produce the lifestyle, especially financially, because I was making no money off of it. I mean, people were asking me to come speak for free all the time. But then I realized how to monetize that. See, I think it's a joke when people say like, 
they, they, when like, well, you can't make any money off that. That's not a real job. That's not a real career. Please, we live in the informational world. There's so many. That, like, think about what we're doing right now. Like, I don't even get this this whole setup over here. We got these 75 mics. We got like, like, <laughs> like we got a camera. Like, this didn't exist like this 15, 20 years ago. Absolutely. To this degree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so there's the so when you have when you tap into your potential, you realize the possibilities, then I believe that's going to let you just serve into your divine purpose. And so I'm not where I want to be obviously, but I'm 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 grateful that I'm nowhere where I was and that I'm on and I'm on a path of growth. You see, for me it's not a destination to just arrive to and now I'm here mm-hmm. and I'm doing living in my purpose like there's mm-hmm. always going to be that next level of perspective and that next opportunity to impact and help people. So everybody watching this, if you're not doing things that impacts people, then you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. If you're not doing things that, that, that if you're doing things just to self-serve you, mm-hmm. you're going to eventually come to a stopping point where you're like, well, what else is out there? Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean you got to do what we do and, you know, mm-hmm. speak to people and talk to people. Maybe yeah. you hate doing that. Maybe you're working from behind a computer screen and you're coding, you're doing, you're mm-hmm. creating something that is impacting other people. When you feel like when you're adding to the greater good of this world, mm-hmm. I believe that's where true purpose will come at. That's my opinion. You might not agree, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Oh, you're done. Done. Oh, that was a very abrupt. Ending. I was like, and that's okay. Usually I got better transitions, <laughs> but that's all I had. He's like, and that's okay. Okay. Oh, that was good, babe. I think, you know, I agree with you in how, like, at a young age, determining your purpose. I think at a young age, you don't you don't understand what that means. That word is not do anything for you. Like, oh, I want to I want to find my purpose. Nobody talks about that. We though wanted to change that going to come back to my purpose, but we don't change that language <laughs> in our household. We talk about our purpose all the time because we didn't have that in our that vocabulary was not. That word was not in our vocabulary growing up. So we want to change that for our kids so that we can again start there change change that generation, right? Um for a generation of abundance, a generation of non-poverty. And so anyway, going I'm going on a tangent. But let me go back to my purpose. When I realized that I was um, tapping into my purpose, I think I'm still tapping it. I honestly think there's so many seasons of my life that I went through where it always brought me back to one thing, and it's loving people. Mm. Always brought me back to that. Right? In every season of my life. like, And I've tried everything. I'm one that I'm going to try it. I want to see what happens because I don't, I can't say that if I fail, it's, it's a learned lesson. Like, okay, it just didn't work out. Like I, it's not a failure unless you learn nothing from it. So I try everything and every season that I tried something, it always came back and reverted back to my love for people. Mm. And then it expanded. We were again in network marketing. I found that I, people, women, especially gravitated towards me. And I was like, what are they gravitating towards? And he talks about being that light in the room. I always, there's two types of people, right? They're they're both room lighters. One lights the room up when you get in and one lights the room up when they get out, right? Because I always knew that I, despite any circumstances, I always had a positive outlook on everything. Everything happens for a reason. We're going to get through it. That's what I always did. And I think walking into the rooms, especially in the network marketing, where people are grabbing towards me because of my positivity, but also my vulnerability, I found my gift in encouraging and inspiring people. And then when I went to Instagram to just start, like I felt this pull, like just start sharing, just start talking about it, talk about it. And when women were messaging me about how much I've helped them, I was like, 
okay, this is it. And it's not about mold. I, I want to help a lot of women, but like Trent Shelton says, I listen to Trent Shelton a lot. His goal is not to reach the millions or help the millions. His goal is just to help one person, one person at a time. And that's me. My goal is I'm not for everybody. I just posted a reel today that I, I know we're not everybody's cup of tea. I'd rather be somebody shot of tequila than everybody's cup of tea, mm. right? I know I'm not made for everybody. Everybody's well, not made right, for let's me. Get to it. I know it's not made for me. And that's okay because whoever is meant to be in my path will be. Man. And whoever's not, that's okay. Like I'm not, you don't have to like me because I like me. You don't have to like me because you don't like my content because that has something to do with, that has every reflection on you, not me. And so I know it always revolved around loving people, uplifting people. And now that I'm tapping into it a little bit more, I'm, you know, I pray about it. I'm a believer. I pray about it. I, I look to being creative, my creative space of how, where can I take this? Like, how can I get to the masses? Um, and so that's the next step for me. I think right now I'm living my purpose of loving and serving and honestly being, being a mom, serving all these kids, all the kids. That are not even, you know, biologically mine, but I love them like they are. Absolutely. I don't know where you found these people. <laughs> Blue mics. Oh my God. Peter. <laughs> oh, Peter. Hey, with great power comes great responsibility. Shout out to Ooh. Uncle Ben. Shout out to, you know, Tom Holland. Best Spider-Man. Scott, throw that out there. Yeah. And I don't mind being called Peter because I'll end on this note. Uh, and then I'm going to let AJ take it away. <clears throat> Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen new Spider-Man, you got to go see it. Oh, I got it. My son said it was ah, super yeah, yeah, Never mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't, okay. don't, 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 don't want to be a dick. <laughs> I don't want to be a dick. I don't want to be a dick. Uh, but it's like literally like you can't help and save everyone you got to do what you can and i i'll just say this uh i want to say from the bottom of my heart and my passion and my purpose thank y'all both absolutely for coming through and um i just felt replenished and inspired because i'll even say this what my barber helped me understand this too as well it's not jealousy it's just like appreciation like i appreciate y'all's life because mm -hmm. I hope to get there one day. And it's just so I'm in so so much awe just witnessing this because like I tell people that this is possible. Like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And uh what do you call it? Maybe this might be bad research, but you're pushing on twelve years of marriage, right? Uh well, we've been together for twelve, 12 years, years, pushing on uh, nine years of marriage. Ooh, good one, good one. And I just wanna let the viewers know that, you know, this is a, a phenomenal like real world example. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I know, you know, I want to give it up to my boy. Take it home, man. It's been a nothing but a blessing and a pleasure. And it's been an honor, man, just to have this conversation with you. I, I feel like both of y'all, um, I feel like I've learned something every time I've had a conversation with you in any, any aspect of, of life. So it's, uh, it's good to have this in-depth one because you guys are always dropping some type of jewels for, not only myself to learn, but I, for the people um, and for our listeners, man. So, again, like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, all the above. Um, because we get, people, we get people like this to drop the knowledge that y'all need to, like we always say, hire that vibration, man. And just um, give you something better than normality. Because this, mm. is, this is the new normal and should be normal. Um, mm. And... Uh, 
we want to reflect on that. And, you know, again, thank y'all, man. Y'all, you know, y'all, y'all my, my peoples, my brothers and my sisters. So, uh, Much love. It's, it's always love. It's always love. And uh, you can follow me and myself, uh, Chef Bora Dixon, Dixon Dynasty, and uh, Brace Yourself Podcast uh, on Instagram. Um, and that's it's Arthur Dixon. And go ahead and lace yourself before we tap out of here. Wow, you getting wow. You, what I was gonna say, Richard Pryor. No, it's not Richard Pryor. Uh, the guy you cape. It's the guy James Brown. There we go. Oh yeah, you just capes me. I feel feel great. Thank you. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Come but back. no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. And this has been the Plano Games podcast slash show. Show. Peace. Peace. You probably wonder if I think of you. Sorry, I'm for the bag right now. Yeah, I'm for the bag right now. Yeah, for the bag that I never had. Yeah, you probably mad right now. Yeah, I got a two piece now. Oh, shit, I think they call them groupies now.